0: Hey, this is Levi Lusko, and I want to thank you so much for listening to this message from Fresh Life Church. If you haven't yet, please take a moment and swing by our YouTube channel and subscribe so you don't miss any of the new messages. You can also check out my YouTube page for behind-the-scenes content. Now let's jump in. Enjoy this message. Hey, before we uh, get started, let me just pray for our study. God, I thank you so much for the house, uh, for this thing that that you died for, this thing that you built, and this thing that you're continuing to build. And in this moment, as we dive into your word, God, I pray that you would do what only you can do, and that's open up our hearts. I pray that, that you would soften us in such a way that we'd be willing to not only just receive, but take in to bury deep and to apply the things uh, that you have for us today. And uh, Lord, we give you this time. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be thick in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, the other day, I got sucked into the online media vortex known as Instagram. (laughs) And uh, I'm sure that looks different for all of us. For me, it's scrolling through endless photos of... Architecture and motorcycles and various life-threatening uh, mountain sports. And um, I came across this one video that lit my heart on fire. Um, Infinite Tucker is a dude who runs track and field for Texas a and University. Whoop! <laughs> so we have a few a and fans, right? A few Aggies out there. And um, he was uh, running the 400-meter hurdles for the SEC Championships, and I happen to have the video of that race here with me today. You guys want to see it? Yeah! Okay, check this out. Tucker, one, two, A&M. They both clear the 10th hurdle without a problem. It's going to be Tucker. Yes, he dives for the tape. He was second last year. He wasn't about to leave it on the track, and he wins it. It's one, two, A&M, and even more than that. Infinite Tucker was third ranked in the NCAA entering this weekend. He ran 49.78, improves drastically upon upon that, seeing that he ran 49.38. Look at this battle down the home stretch. Think about what their practices are like. If they're battling like this on race day, you can see that Tucker just finds that extra gear as he clears that final hurdle down this stretch. And then look at this finish diving. He goes Superman style across the finish. to get the victory. How completely out of control is that? I mean, it's amazing because this video shot at just the very end of the race and, and he's just barely behind. And, and as he crosses the threshold of that last hurdle, you can see he, he taps into that extra something, you know, that gets him that it makes it look like he's actually going to secure his win. But then something magical happens and he goes full crazy. He gets insane <laughs> as he dives over the finish line. I mean, look at this photo. People, <laughs> this, is, this is not... The typical photo finish for the 400 meter hurdles, right? This guy, I mean, it's, it's almost like the, the harder it was for him to secure this victory, the harder he had to go to get it. Now, now, help me out if you know the end of this phrase. Um, when, oh no. When the going gets tough. There you go. And this is a guy he, he held nothing back. I actually took a screenshot. There it is. At the very end of the race, there is a man who has no regard for his personal well-being. He laid it all on the table. You, th- you see, there's, there, there's only one word that can describe that type of drive in the midst of difficulty. And you know what that is? Madness. You know what madness is? Madness is an, an intense excitement. It's extreme enthusiasm. It's senseless folly. It's, it's insanity. And, and, and throughout these last few weeks, we've been in a collection of talks called Mad About the House. And I'm excited to be able to talk to you today about madness in a message I'm calling The Tougher It Gets, The Harder We Hit. Yeah. The tougher it gets, the harder we hit. Now, um, we're going to be in a study in Matthew chapter 14, specifically the Passion Translation. Uh, so you can turn there if you want. If, if you're here and you're just visiting, we just want to say we are super glad that you are here. Um, don't be weirded out if you don't have a Bible, because we're actually going to throw it up on the screens for you, uh, so you can follow along that way. But um, While you're turning there, there's some significant things that we need to know about the relationship concerning Jesus and John before we jump in. Now, the first time that these two guys had ever met was actually when Mary, who was pregnant with Jesus, went to go visit her cousin Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John. And in Luke chapter 1, it says that when Mary entered the house, the moment Elizabeth heard her voice, John leapt and started kicking in her belly, right? So pretty excited. That, that Jesus is in the room. And, um, and the thing is, an angel had appeared to Elizabeth and Zechariah because they were super old. And uh, the angel told them that they would have a child, that they would have a son and that he would be the one who would pave the way for God. He would essentially be the one who would roll out the red carpet for Jesus. And as they got older, he did just that. Uh, he was being used by God to change people's lives. He was seeing relationships between fathers and sons being restored. He was seeing stubbornness, stubbornness turned into wisdom and, uh, and he was preparing the way, getting people's hearts ready to meet Jesus. In fact, John was the one who baptized Jesus. And when he pulled Jesus out of the water, he said that he saw a dove descend on him, uh, the Holy Spirit descend on him like a dove and the father um, speaking out that this was my son in whom I'm well pleased. And there was one point where Jesus told his disciples that there was no man born among women, there was no man born among women greater than John. Now that's that's a pretty huge statement, right? That would be like saying, there is no burger crafted among men greater than five guys. (laughs) Oh, I hear some haters over there. You know, the thing is, I'm just a man and the value of my opinion, it matters very little in the context of things. However, when God makes a statement like that, it goes from being an opinion to being a fact, yeah. right? But John, even, even John being the best of men was still a man at best. And he, even him, he needed some encouragement every once in a while. Um, you see, he was in jail. Why? Well, uh, Herod, who was the king, he was the ruler of this area, Galilee, he had stolen his brother's wife, which was not okay. And so John wasn't afraid to step up and to call him out on it. The only thing is, Herod didn't much like that. He didn't like being told that what he was doing was wrong. So what did he do? He threw John in jail. And so I can imagine John being at this point where he's sitting there and maybe a little sad, maybe a little discouraged, and he sends a message to Jesus and he says, hey, look, Okay, be honest here. Are you the one we've been waiting for? Or should we just wait for somebody else? You can kind of sense like the depressed snarkiness in his tone, you know? Um, and then Jesus sends this message back. He says, well, I don't know, the deaf hear, the blind see, the lepers are healed, the dead are being raised to life. And, and those who are poor are finding, finding salvation and hope in life. And those who hold fast in their faith of me will be blessed. So it's, all, it's it, i mean, you, you get kind of like the snarky return of that, right? It's almost like like Jesus is like kind of looking at him out of the side of his eye. And he's like John, you know, <laughs> you know, whoa, and that's kind of where we begin. Okay, we're we're a, we are in Matthew 14. John's in prison, and it starts in verse five. It says, "So Herod wanted John dead." Oh, okay right? But he was afraid of the crowds who flocked to John because they considered him to be a prophet. So already you kind of get an idea of what kind of king this guy is, right? He's the ruler of this land, but he's afraid of his people. So during Herod's birthday celebration, the daughter of Herodias danced before Herod and all of his distinguished guests, which greatly pleased the king. So he said to her in front of them all, I give you my oath ask of me anything that you wish and it will be yours. What was that thing Pastor Levi said? I think it was last week. Um, It's better to keep your mouth closed and let people think you're a fool than to open it and dispel all doubt. Yeah, Herod, take notes, bud. Um, Because she had been instructed by her mother, uh uh-oh, she said, I want the head of John the baptizer here on a platter. Well, that escalated quickly. Right? This grieved the king, but because of his oath in front of all of his guests, because he was trying to flex his muscles and show how big and strong of a king he was, he suffered the consequences. He had John beheaded in prison. They brought in his head and displayed it to her on a platter and then she took it and showed it to her mother. John's disciples went into the prison and carried his body away and they left to find Jesus to tell him what had happened. Now imagine the heartache that John's disciples experienced that moment. I mean, this is their mentor, the guy that's been pouring his life into them. Imagine the, the, the incredible loss that, that Jesus experienced the moment he received the news of, of what had happened. This wasn't just any person. This was John. This was the voice in the desert. This was the forerunner. This was a person that God literally told of who he would be and what he would do hundreds of years before he was ever even born. And yet he was so uselessly murdered. So it goes on in verse 13, it says, on hearing this, Jesus slipped away privately by boat to be alone. Well, of course he did. And this is a devastating moment. The only thing you can do in a moment like this is is to to get away and to to be alone and to allow yourself to mourn the loss. But it goes on, it says, but when the crowds discovered that he had sailed away, they emerged from all the nearby towns and followed him on foot. It's kind kind of a creepy scene, you know, because Jesus, he gets into the boat and the other gospels talk about how his disciples are with him. And so um, they all together went across the lake to be alone uh, because even in the worst of times, Jesus still brought his crew along. Why? Because he knew that there would be power in his posse, y'all. What? Okay, so do we have any mothers of uh, middle school students in the room? Any mothers of middle school students in the room? Okay, you are, you are strong. You are a titan of strength and I honor you, right? Um, the way that I picture this scene kind of playing out uh, would, would be similar to, you know, when you go to pick up your middle schooler from school and they get in the car and it's like, hey, so how was your day? Fine. <laughs> Did you learn anything new today? Kinda. <laughs> Did, um, what, I mean, what, what, was it exciting? I guess. You meet any girls, mom? Stop it! You know, and, and it's like you're you're it's like pulling teeth, just trying to do anything you can to have a conversation to get them to acknowledge the fact that you exist. But then there's that moment later on in the evening when you know you finally got your, your food in the oven and you, you slip away for a little bit of mom time. You know, maybe catch up on some text messages, and inevitably uh, one of your child's heads rears in the window and it's like, mom. Billy kicked me in the face, right? And then all of a sudden the door handle starts jiggling. It's like, mom, I'm starving out of my mind. When are we ever going to eat? And then you see like the little fingers underneath the door. And it's like, mom, I just want to touch you, <laughs> right? I, I imagine it being something similar to that. And it goes on in verse 14, it says, so when Jesus landed, he had a huge crowd, waiting for him, seeing so many people. His heart was deeply moved with compassion towards them. So he healed all the sick who were in the crowd. If you're gonna be mad about the house, there's no greater person that we can look to for inspiration and direction than Jesus himself. And the first thing that we see is this, madness loves. Write that down if you're taking notes, madness loves. Now, if there was ever a moment, ever a time when Jesus deserved to be left alone, this was it. I mean, goodness gracious people. They just buried their friend. He just buried his family. But look at what the verse says. It says this, seeing so many people, his heart was deeply moved with compassion. Yes, he was heartbroken. Yes, he wanted to mourn. Yes, he wanted to be alone, yet he had compassion. You see, compassion, it does something to you. It—it, it, Compassion flips the direction of your heart from focusing in to focusing out, right? So many times we, we get so self-absorbed. That's weird. Susan didn't like my post. That, that was totally a Susan post. Um, Hello, Susan? Yeah, I like posted a picture 30 seconds ago and you didn't like it. I just want to know, are we okay? <laughs> yeah, okay, so maybe that doesn't happen. I don't know, right? I do maybe... Maybe it does, I, I don't know. But compassion, it reorients the focus of your heart. Compassion changes your focus from being nearsighted to being farsighted. Yeah. Jesus, he saw the people and he couldn't hold his heart back. You know, we'll often say things like God is good. And you know what, whether things are great or whether they're not, that statement will always be true. God will always be good. But you know what else? God is also kind. He actually cares for you and he doesn't just love you. He actually likes you and he likes everything that makes you who you are because he put that inside of you. He cares for you the same way he did when he saw all of those people. In all honesty, it was a really bad time for people to get all needy and get up into his grill. But if there's one thing that Jesus shows me by the example of his own life in this moment, it's that loving the house and taking care of people, it carries more weight than my convenience. Loving the house, it carries more weight than my convenience. Now, at the end of 2016, our church had rallied around this series called Blood and Thunder. And this was a series where uh, we ramp up to this end of the year offering where we get to see God do more. You get to see him expand the house. And this wasn't us separating our 10%, you know, to give back to God everything that he's given us. No, this, is, this, doesn't, this wasn't to pay the bills to keep the lights on. This was to build more rooms onto the house so that more people can be invited in. And I remember Pastor Levi, one of the things that God had specifically put on his heart at the time was to launch a campus in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And I remember at the time he had these barrels that he turned around and when he turned around the barrel, he mentioned one fact about Wyoming that just was like a dagger through my heart. He said that the state of Wyoming has the highest suicide rate of any state in the United States. And so my wife and I, we started praying about how we could contribute to what God was gonna do through this. Uh, did it require sacrifice? Oh, you know it did. Right? There, we, we had to say no to all of these things, all of these things that were good and all of these things that we wanted to do, we, we had to say no to that so that we could support what God was going to do next. It, it wasn't easy, but we did it. And you know what? It was one of the greatest things that we got to be a part of. The reward was immense, it was huge. Little did we know that almost a year later, Pastor Levi would call and ask us if we would be the ones who would go start the work in Jackson Hole. Now, of course, Pastor Levi, I mean, I'm staff of Fresh Life Church and Pastor Levi is my boss. So it's appropriate for me to do what I'm asked to do. But in all honesty, I didn't have to. I could have said no. I could have quit right there. I could have been like, that's crazy. I'm not doing that, right? Uh, because I could have taken another job. I, there's, Lord knows there was other opportunities on the table, but there's something to be said about remaining faithful. Yeah. My wife, as we were driving here today, she's reading this book by Eugene Peterson called Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And I feel like that, that the context of that title a lot, carries a lot of weight in this. It, it wasn't... It wasn't easy, it was an easy decision uh, because our family had just started this big building project. We were all in on this thing. And my son was getting ready to transition into middle school, which already is a stormy, difficult season And, and, um, and and we didn't even really know that much about Jackson Hole. Was it convenient? No, it wasn't convenient. Was this my preference? Heck no, it was not my preference. However, my success, And living for God is not measured by my preference, but by my obedience. At Blood and Thunder, we gave to Jackson, having no idea that we would be called to go to Jackson. But we did it anyways. Why? Because we love this house. We love this house. Nothing else mattered because there were people there who needed to know about the love of God. And if we were the ones who were chosen to go, how could we say no? Madness loves, to be mad about the house means that you love it holding nothing back. But it doesn't stop there. Okay, so look at this, the second half of that verse. Not only was Jesus deeply moved with compassion, but he healed all the sick who were in the crowd. Here's the next thing I need you to know, okay? Madness serves, madness serves. Jesus had compassion, but he also did something about it. You wanna know what the best medicine is for a broken heart? Taking care of somebody else's. The thing is like, we wanna be noticed and we wanna be acknowledged. We want others to help us bear this weight, but there's something rejuvenating, something refreshing about denying yourself or as Mark Batterson puts it, uh, making decisions against yourself. Look at this quote. It says this. It says, we want success without sacrifice, but life doesn't work that way success will not be shortchanged. You have to pay the price and it never goes on sale. The best decision that you can make for yourself is making decisions against yourself. You have to discipline yourself to do the right things day in and day out, week in and week out, year in and year out. And if you do, the payoff is far greater than the price that you paid. I think that same principle goes into heartache because you can't can't be healthy unless you say no to eating certain types of food, right? You can't be strong unless you say no to sleeping in when you need to go work out. In the same sense, when it comes to serving those around us, we need to say no to giving up. Now, I love mountain biking. There's a lot of that in Jackson Hole. And uh, I'm also gloriously out of shape. And um, the other day I went to go take my first ride up, I got all my gear on, I'm excited. And I start riding up the trail and, and uh, next thing you know, um, about 500 meters up the trail, it feels like my heart is gonna explode out of my neck and I had to come to a stop. And you know what things were going on in my head? Wow, already, you're already tired. We haven't gone very far, you know, that's, that's pretty sad. Uh, maybe you should turn around. Maybe you're not cut out for this. You, maybe you don't deserve this bike. Why do you even live here? You know, And it's like everything just escalates so fast when you can't breathe and your heart is beating so much. But you know what I did in that moment? I made a, a decision against myself to, to not give up. I made the decision to keep going. You know what I found out? I still had more in me. I did, I still have more, I kept going. I stopped a lot of times, but I kept going. It was hard, but I made the decision to keep going. How many people do you think showed up on the other side of the shore that day, right? The verse said there was a huge crowd. Is that like hundred people? Was it 500 people? Well, the Bible actually tells us because this moment is the preface to Jesus doing one of the most incredible miracles in all of scripture, which is the feeding of the 5,000 people. Now, back then, metrics were measured based on guys, how many men were in the crowd. And I don't know if that was just lazy counting. Like, Bartholomew, will you count how many people? Can I just count the guys, you know? (laughs) So some scholars think like maybe it was like 15,000 or even more people than that. But what did Jesus do? Look at it. He healed all the sick who were in the crowd. Every single sick person in the crowd. Jesus placed them before even his own needs. He served them. Serving the house is not about giving up, but it's about serving up. Just a few moments ago, we sang a song, right? And it said that, uh, that God, that he's in the waiting. And then you know what? There's two different types of waiting. There's the waiting that's saying, I'm waiting for, for my blessing. I'm waiting for my direction. I'm waiting for God to reveal to me what he's going to do. But there's another kind of waiting. What, what do they call a waiter? What do they call a waiter? A server. Well, that's convenient. Right, I believe that God will move powerfully in your life when you're waiting on the people in your life. You see, serving, it's a lot like climbing. If you're gonna be a mountaineer, you can't fall in love with the mountaintop. You gotta fall in love with mountain climbing because the process, that's the point. You, you, You need to fall in love with this moment here and now as challenging as it may be, but the thing is our survival instincts they're screaming the complete opposite, right? Our survival instincts say we should fight for our comfort. Goodness, Kevin, you look tired. You should rest your weary soul on that pub table. Fight, <laughs> fight for what you need. Church, listen to me very carefully and don't miss what I'm gonna tell you. It's time for you to stop surviving and it's time to start thriving. You gotta go all in on this fight to the top and you need to let that be enough. You know what? It's hard serving the house. It can be tiresome. It can be wearying. It can be challenging. But on the other side of of the not giving up is a glorious reward, like nothing that you've ever experienced in your life if you would just keep going, if you would just keep pressing, if you would just keep serving. Why? Because madness serves You wanna be mad about the house, then you need to serve the people around you, even with, and especially when you have nothing left. Because I feel like it's in those moments that God's able to do something very special. Okay, so let's wrap this up. After Jesus healed all the sick, he recognized that it was late. And so he fed all the people, right? And, and it was miraculous and it was beautiful. And that's a whole nother message that we don't have time for. So y'all gonna have to go read verses 15 to 21 on your own time. Uh, but we're gonna skip down to verse 22. And it says this, as soon as the people were fed, Jesus told his disciples to get into their boat and to go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. After the crowds were dispersed, Jesus went up into the hills to pray. And as night fell, he was there praying alone to God. The last thing you need to know, madness stays. Madness stays. So Jesus, he heals all the sick, right? And he fed all of the people. And, and, and then he recognized probably the fact that his, his disciples were weary themselves. And so he told them, guys, get in the boat and you just go back to the other side of the lake. Wow, he stayed back to make sure that everybody was taken care of as they headed home. Do you remember what it was like at the beginning of the story? I mean, this was the moment that Jesus needed to have his space, but instead he took care of any, everybody and he was the last one standing Stay the course. I don't know what that means for you. I just feel like God wants me to encourage you to stay the course. I know it's hard, but you gotta keep going because God is not done with you yet. He still has more in store, but you can't be steadfast unless you are still. Yeah. Now, if you, if you don't want something to move, if you don't want something to drift, what do you do? You anchor it down, right? you anchor it down. The problem is these days, we're not really anchored to anything at all. Or or a lot of times we're the attention deficient generation, right? we're the ones who can't even maintain eye contact during a conversation because our phone is doing something else. And um, we're just not used to being still. So the moment something gets hard, we our natural reaction is to start looking for an exit, start looking for an easy way out. But church, we have to stop making excuses to run and start finding excuses to stay. Why? Because we need you. We need your personality. We need your creativity. We need your flair. We need your silliness. We need all the things that make you who you are because that's what makes this house a special place to be. But it takes surrender. It takes getting on your knees and crying out to God. God, you know me better than I even know myself and your greatest outcome is greater than any outcome that I could have ever dreamed. And so I will stay, I will be still, and I will watch as the glory of my God is unfolded. Now, a couple years ago, my wife and I, we decided to build a house. And uh, the last thing you do when you build a house is you landscape your yard, if you have the budget to do that, hopefully you do. (laughs) And um, the, the house that we had built, it was in this big meadow. And I'm not a big fan of meadows, I'm a big fan of woods. And so um, I had to buy trees to compensate for that. And so we bought these monsters of trees and, and they were delivered on this huge flatbed trailer and, we, and the trees were you know, uh, put down into the holes where they would continue out the rest of their life. And uh, the thing that struck me as interesting was how disproportionate what the root ball was to the actual tree. Because these suckers, these were 12 feet tall, but the root ball was only a couple feet wide. And so that's where these guys came in. This is a 24 inch steel anchor. And what you would do is you would take these guys and you would, you would anchor three of them in around the tree and you would tie the tree to the anchor. And it would do three different things. One, it would keep the tree from being blown down by the wind. And two, it would allow the roots to grow deep and to get strong. And three, it would allow the tree to go broader and to grow higher. Now I have here, conspicuously, this concrete block, this little guy. Don't be deceived, it weighs about 220 pounds. And this block represents the house. A house not built with hands, but a house built by God of which Jesus Christ is the cornerstone and of which everything is built upon. And when you encounter the house, you have two different options. One, you walk by the house, or two, you start anchoring into the house. Now, when you anchor into the house, it usually starts off with something like this. If you, uh, if you can see that, this is called curious. Oh, that's great, great shot. This is, this is curious. This is what curious is like. It's like, oh, those lights, they're beautiful. And that song, that song was amazing. That girl's voice is is so pleasant to hear. And and that message, I've never heard a message quite like that before, but I like it. And those bathrooms, oh my gosh, those bathrooms are so nice. (laughs) Come to think of it, these people are super nice too. I think I like this house, right? Start off with curious, but hopefully, eventually, you move on to something like this. This guy, this is called commitment. And this is the hammer. This is the tool that you pick up when you're ready to, well, start committing, right? This is the one that says, you know what? I really like what my kids are learning in these classes. I, I, I really like what this is doing to my own heart and making me a better person. I, I, I really, I think I wanna be a part of one of those fresh type groups. I've heard about them, I'm kind of scared because I'm not the type of person that would jump into something like that, but I think I'm just gonna go for it. And, and you know what? I, I've heard about these impact teams. You know, Everybody's always talking about them all the time. And I've been playing the guitar since I started breathing. So I wonder if they need help. Hey, let me just interject real quick. Yes, we always need help all the time. It might, it might look like everything works perfectly, but we're missing you. We still need you. We still need you to be a part of this. And so you're like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll be a part of an impact team, right? And, and, and then you think, gosh, my, my life has been affected so much by this. You know what? I think I'm gonna start coming more consistently. Let's not get crazy. I'm just saying three times a month, you know? Just three, I, that, maybe that deserves some more, like three times a month, right? And, and, and honestly, like if there's any way that I can help contribute to what is going on in other people's lives so they can experience what I've experienced, man, I wanna do that. But, but people, we didn't come here today to learn what it's like to be curious about the house. We didn't even come here to find out what it means to be committed to the house. We came here to learn what it means to be, oh, that's so heavy, <laughs> mad about the house. This is, this is madness. You see, when this thing hits that anchor, there ain't, go, there ain't no going back, right? This is the tool that you, you pick up that will guarantee that you will not be moved no matter what happens because when you're mad about the house, the tougher it gets, the harder we hit, right? Okay, so so this is the hammer that says, God, you know, I don't have much. I don't have a lot to give, but whatever I have, I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna promise John Mark that I'm not gonna hurt the stage, right? And, 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 and you know what, God, it, it doesn't matter necessarily what I wanna do, I, I just wanna do what you wanna do. God, if you would please just use me, right? But then but then, what happens when your car breaks down, right? What happens when your car breaks down? When your car breaks down, you hit harder and you trust that there are people in your life, people who are in these groups that will support you no matter what happens. What happens when, when you lose your job? Right? When you lose your job, you're gonna trust that God has something greater for you, something better for you, something more amazing for you. Uh, What happens when your parents, when they get divorced, you hit harder and you you believe that there's a church that's gonna surround you, that even a family, that even the gates of hell cannot tear down. What happens when you get pregnant And that wasn't the plan, right? You hit harder. What happens when the plan was to get pregnant and it hasn't happened, you hit harder, right? What happens when you're scared, you hit harder. What happens when you're depressed, you hit harder. What happens when you're let down, you hit harder. What happens when you're tired, you hit harder. You just keep driving, and you just keep loving and you just keep serving and you just keep staying you keep fighting for what jesus died for and you believe if you would just have faith that god is going to do amazing things in your life and the best is yet to come hey thank you so much for listening to this message If you live in Montana, Utah, Oregon, or Wyoming, we'd love to see you in person at one of our Fresh Life locations where there are amazing small groups and programs for students and all sorts of different things to help you grow in your relationship with God. Also, check out freshlife.church where you can give and support this ministry financially. Well, thanks again for listening and have a great day.